and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 68 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by the latest menace from River City. Please welcome to the podcast Cameron Fulton. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Hello, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. It's always awkward when you have them little chats in it and then you press record and you've got to go right back into the Hello, how I'm are you? Um, genuinely, I've been really looking forward to this all week um, because I've never had anyone from River City on. So I've done like, I've done the big four. EastEnders, Hollyoaks, Coronation Street. And it was actually, it was somebody last week who was like, why have you why have you never done River City? And I was like, I don't know. Why have I never done River City? So I was because like, it's just through. too obvious. It's too obvious. And I like to think outside the box. <laughs> yeah. And I was going through and I was like looking through and I, I came across your Instagram first, actually. And I, I, I like to hope sometimes that people will have an email address in their Instagram just because it's easier than dealing with some people's agents. And there was none. So I had to go to my IMDb Pro and I was like, right, let's find it. But genuinely, <laughs> your, your agent's really lovely and there was no issue. Um, yeah, yeah, they're lovely. They're a good bunch of people. So how are you doing anyway? Because like, I know we're sort of half living in a mad time, half sort of getting back to normal, a half we live in Glasgow, so everything's a mad time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. don't know the difference of a mad time in Glasgow. Yeah, um, yeah good, mate. Um, we've just gotten back to um, River City last week um, after Amazing. the Christmas break. So still going around and saying to people, oh, Happy New Year, which feels strange when you're yeah. about seven weeks of the year. Um, but yeah, we're still, um, with you saying that it's still a bit of a crazy time, we're obviously tremendously fortunate um, that we've been able to work. Uh, we got shut down actually for five months when it all kicked off um, at the beginning. Um, and since that, we, we have been back, but um, we're still under very um, stringent restrictions, um, whereby everyone uh, is at least two metres apart. Mm. That's all, all cast members, camera operators, like everyone, absolutely everyone, literally. Um, obviously no contact. We, we did get the go-ahead going back last week to be able to pass props, which is a big moment. That was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're now able, if we've, if we've got a coffee or a um, a pint or whatever, we're allowed to drink it. Massive, huge, love that. Um, it just makes everything, like when you're given a wee tiny thing to do, yeah. it just makes a massive difference now. Like I'm not being facetious at all when I'm saying that we were genuinely excited by being able to <laughs> yeah. pass props and um, take drinks of a drink. Um, so we're, we're hoping in the coming months with Touchwood um, things sort of, like you're saying, starting to ease that we are. Obviously, the ultimate goal is to get um, back to filming normally um, yeah. with two cameras. We've only been using the one camera for the last, it'll be two years in August. And, you know, being able to, you know, um, cuddle and throw each other over pool tables and have a wee kiss and stuff like that. And Because it's, it's been difficult. I don't mean it's been done not to go around and kiss all my co-workers. I'm not that kind of former. <laughs> um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't that why we're in the business? Come on. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been um, obviously, like I say, tremendously fortunate to, to be working, but it has been difficult and we're very much looking forward to giving the audience that as well because we totally understand that it must be difficult for audience members to just sit and watch most of the time two people stand and talking it's tough um yeah. so yeah we're looking forward to getting back to normal as soon as we possibly can do it's mad isn't it what it's done 
like genuinely like just on the industry i'm not sort of it doesn't not hit me what it's done to the world but if you're listening to this don't be offended that i'm sort of talking about it nonchalantly because i'm talking about its effect on the acting world not the millions of people that have died i just i feel like i've got to like preface everything i say with i don't be offended. i know i know you're always, you're always i know i just need to make such a, a sensitive <laughs> subject doesn't it and yeah, yeah i know it's tough and it's it's genuinely mad what it's done to the industry. I just had my industry showcase three weeks ago, something like that. Congratulations, how did it go? Thank, it went really well, no agent offers. Um, oh, that happens, don't worry about it. One audition, come through. But, you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, so we had that, and obviously that was such a, a COVID, we were, I was convinced I was going to get it, and it was going to ruin my showcase, and that I wouldn't have to be able to do it but thank god everything went well we done showcase with a week's worth of rehearsals because of covid and wow. this omicron variant so it was and did anyone was everyone okay or did god forbid anyone end up needing to isolate or test positive so or how did it all go everyone on my end was fine so everyone on the acting really? class was fine but i know one person did test positive on the musical theater course oh, but what i will say is so i was planning on talking about this later anyway um i go to new college lanarkshire which is where you went and they were they were really great as far as i'm aware as soon as um the person i'm not going to name them just in case i don't want to know as soon as they were out of isolation um because our showcase is professionally recorded so we can have them for show real show real and stuff as soon as she was out they got the same people to come in and they created an identical theater space in uh, in the oh, unit wow. and had hers all professionally recorded and everything so I mean at least it's not the same as performing in a theatre and we all know that but at least she's not missing out on the massive benefits of of course yeah having Just a getting... showreel and things mm-hmm. but anyway getting back on track what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role wow well they, 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 they both go hand in hand actually so um it's a bit of a mouthful, but I, I never grew up wanting to be an actor. Um, I always, I didn't go to youth theatres. Looking back now, I wish that I did, but I was always... Um, That's dead strange, that. We're all sort yeah, of never. narcissistic, egotistical people that want it from birth. No, no, I, I, that's never, that was never, that's not my story. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, um, I, I always grew up wanting to be in the police and um, in fourth year in high school at Airdrie Academy. I got into the police cadets. Um, so I, I left school. I, I signed my leavers form at the end of fourth year. I was going to go and be in the police. Um, but then when the banks um, crashed in 2007-2008, one of the first things that sort of got scrapped at that time um, for that year intake was the police cadet programme. So during the summer holidays, I just got a letter through the door, really uh, nonchalantly as that, just saying, yeah, mate, that's not happening. They look. So I went back down to Airdrie Academy because um, I thought, oh, I don't know what else to do. So I'll go back to school. Do, do some hires and um, went back in the summer to fill out my auction form for fifth year and I took higher drama because I thought it'd be a laugh but a sky good um just a, a good laugh easy hire to get as everyone thinks a lot, a lot more difficult than what it what you <laughs> thought eh? anyway so yeah done that and then my my drama teacher at the time which I had for fourth year for standard grade um Stacey Dunn she thought I was all right at it so she said oh you should like think about going to drama schools and stuff and I thought are you crazy man there's not a chance I'm doing that like I've never been to an audition before in my life that sounds terrifying no way thanks but no thanks 
Um, I also kind of want to so say that, that just it's went, not as easy as that because <laughs> if it was that yeah, easy, yeah, well, everything... exactly. No, exactly. Um, I, I've never thought about that. Do you know what? You're right. I will go to drama school. I'll see you later. That I, I think, but she she did she did need to say that sort of stuff to me because I yeah. was so distracted from it. Like I didn't know it was a thing. I, it just wasn't my world at all. Like it, it just wasn't the way I was wired at all. I, I, all my um, extracurricular activities outside of school were taekwondo and um, went quite fun taekwondo and playing football. Like it, I, mm. I was never part of like a drama club or youth theatre or anything like I say. And so she did need to be like spoon feed me like that to be honest yeah so I, I i didn't i didn't um go do that that year i did my sixth year and she was at me for those full two years fifth and sixth year like just go to go and do, go and do an audition go and apply for like drama college and drama school and blah, blah blah no 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 so then she she said right well, why why don't you go to this open audition so she heard there was an open audition in glasgow she'd go to an open audition see what it's like see if you like it and then take it from there at least then you'll have had the experience of an audition she was effectively saying there's not a chance you're getting this part, but go and have a nice day out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went along and um, I ended up getting the part. And so that was my first job. So it was a film called Ned's by Peter Mullen, yeah. um, which came out in 2009. And he was, was really sort of headstrong on trying to find authentic people. He didn't really have a lot of trained actors in the film at all, Peter Mullen, apart from like the grown-ups, <laughs> like Peter himself yeah. and Paul Donnelly and Stephen McCall and all these fantastic actors. So yeah, so I ended up doing Neds, left school, did Neds, um, and then from that got a job in a film called The Eagle, which was directed by Kevin McDonald. We filmed that up in Ullapool, part of it was filmed in Ullapool. So from that, I just thought, yeah, man, this is this is quite fun. So went and did an HNC, HND, and then sort of studied over in America for a bit, came back, like you said, did my year at NCL, and just touch with sort of taking it from there. So I've never really... I wasn't really... I'll touch wood for you as well. I know, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't the one... Looking back now, obviously, with how life sort of turned out, I do wish that I went to sort of like Pace and SYT and all these things, but mm. it's just not the way I was wired. My mum and dad just weren't, just had no inclination off yeah. the back of me. I was dead happy with my... Yeah, I was, I was dead happy with my taekwondo and my football, do you know what I mean? So, And they, they wouldn't have been able to afford anything else, do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, uh, so, yeah, so just sort of fell into it, mate. Tripped and mm. fell into it, to be honest. I often wind my mum up and say that I hate her for not putting me into it earlier because I could have been a child star. That's it, eh? James McAvoy took that spot nightmare. And then she just tells me <laughs> to, like, grow up because I also have a running joke when she asks me to do something, she'll be like, if I ever go, she lives in London, so I don't see her that often um but if we go down and she'll be like will you wash the dishes i'll be like excuse me i'm famous <laughs> do you ask a famous person to wash the dishes and she just looks at me and goes yes and i'm yeah. under no before everybody gets on my back i know i'm not famous it's just a joke um but you you spoke about those first two jobs really nonchalantly there so i'm gonna drop the shit that you probably should have so your first job was ned's which is a massive film that has probably been one of the biggest prime examples of Glaswegian culture in the past 20 years. And then your mm -hmm. second job was um, The Eagle. I'm saying I'm getting that right, aren't I? My research yes. hasn't fucked me over. Um, so. And you were working with Channing Tatum on that. So that's not bad for a first, <laughs> for a second job when you were, what, 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a, a wonderful experience, both those jobs. Um, and I think that perhaps not being 
um, you know, in any way tuned in to acting or who people were perhaps helped me because now looking back and knowing in the first instance who Peter Mullen is, <laughs> like I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea who, who he was when I was like auditioning for him and getting quite far in the rounds for Neds. It was quite a, there was a lot of audition rounds for Neds and you were getting put, because obviously you had to find these two like gangs and the sort of principal cast and stuff like that. So it was just so much fun. It was like going and like, it was loads of like like-minded uh, boys. We were all of a similar age, from a similar background. So we were all working class. We were all wee bams, effectively. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> None of them would mind me saying that, do you know what I mean? Um, none of them would mind me saying that at all. And just had the most fun. Had the most fun yeah. um, down in Pollock filming. It was just a laugh. We had no idea what Neds was due to become. Um, obviously, with people like Paul Donnelly and Stephen McCall and Peter Mullen in it, if we'd have known, again, subsequently worked with Stephen McCall and became quite pally with Stephen. And it's like... I had no, I had no idea how I made. I like bloody working with Stephen yeah. McCall and Peter Mullen. Yeah. It was crazy, and then to go for that to the Eagle, which was because obviously Ned's was a great set, but obviously not a universal budget. Like, yeah. <laughs> so to go on to something like the Eagle for a second job, all of that was on the backdrop of me being on the waiting list at the then. RSAMD. I'll be honest with you, Ingram. I was sitting there like this acting things a a piece of cake. Do you know what I mean? What a piece of piss. Like I'm going to be a superstar because obviously I just had no concept of what it was like. I thought you were just. I'm, I'm still in that mindset. I, I do you know what I mean. It's like, it's like you just have you have no concept of what it's like. And I mean, how could you possibly when like I'm saying you've you've just left school and you've got two films and on the waiting list at that SAMD? I, th- I thought that it was like. God, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How wrong was I? Um, so yeah, it was. It was a wonderful experience. Um, and something that obviously I'll always look back on with um with great fondness. And I've subsequently, a few years um later, a couple of years ago now, worked with Cora McCarran, who is the lead in Neds again. So it was so nice to work with him again because we haven't seen each other in like nine years at that point. I, w- I want to talk about drama school now. Um, and I know you've studied in New York and in uh, <laughs> Cobridge, which is massive spectrums of this, the scale. We'll talk about New York in a bit more depth in a minute. But one of my favourite things in life, and these sort of feed my soul, are funny and crazy theatre anecdotes or drama school anecdotes. Do you have a favourite funny or crazy drama school story? Because we've all been in those rooms and the shit goes down is just crazy as fuck. A drama school story. Uh, well, I, I know that from my time in NCL, we were um, rehearsing. We did. We spent most of our time in Motherwell, actually, but I know that, yeah, subsequently they've moved over to Coatbridge, but we did do all of our rehearsals for our final year show in Coatbridge, which being an Airdrie boy was quite nice, although I lived in Glasgow, but being an Airdrie boy. Yeah, so we did Sandy Diego um, by David Gregg. It was directed by um, Drew Drew Taylor, now Drew Taylor Wilson. And basically, Drew, anyone that knows Drew's work will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, He's flamboyant, he's extravagant, he's very out there, very visual, um, and he's great. So it was my first instance. So in San Diego, let me get this right. So I was walking around in high heel boots at one point. I was topless for the majority of the second half. Excuse me. I had a blood pack for getting stabbed. I performed a sexual act on a girl. I ate a girl's flesh. Um, all of this, like kicking around in Coat Bridge. So that was like my first in, um, real 
sort of plunging myself into the weird and wacky and it's always a very fond memory of just kicking around Coke Bridge, eating my pal's skin whilst performing sex acts and getting stabbed and just getting ready for getting propelled into the weird and wonder. I mean, I, I don't think I've done any of those things apart from being topless since, but <laughs> it was good preparation. Yeah, no, the, I, I feel like you do do the weirdest shit in uni or college in your productions. Another question that I always like to ask is, what was the biggest lesson that you learned in drama school? Be humble. I don't know the meaning of the word. (laughs) No, always know that it's hard work. Don't celebrate your victories, but don't like grasp onto them. Like understand that you always need to keep your feet firmly on the ground. You never know when it's going to be, you know, it's going to dry up. Always be grateful for the work that you're getting to do. Be thankful. Always remember, always remember that you're only playing at shops. Like, yes, the work that we do is important and it's it's lovely to be able to do it, but do not let it fully encapsulate your life. Do not let um you get so bogged down in it. Um, if you don't get a part, move on. If you do get a part, be thankful and enjoy it for as much as you possibly can because you just never know what job's going to be your last job. Yeah, I, I, le- I learned that obviously soon after I, uh, graduating and being fortunate enough to work, it's just the best feeling. When, with me, I, I started really my degree after um, I've done so many jobs through studying um, that I do always remind myself um, that all that I really wanted to do when I knew that this is what I wanted to do is be a working actor. I never wanted, I never had that dream of being like, oh, I want to, you know, win awards and I want to be on Broadway and I want to be in the West End. It wasn't that specific for me. It was always just, I want to work. Full stop, yeah. end of story, that's it, I want to work. And any time that I do get to work and whatever in whatever capacity that is, just to really be grateful for it and appreciate it and be thankful for it and really try. It's something that I struggle with at times, but really work hard at being in the moment and really enjoy it, man. Um, Because there's people out there like saving lives and doing operations on folk and nurses, especially now, do you know what I mean? The last couple of years, like people that properly graft and really work and to be able to get paid and enjoy and go to your work, doing something that you enjoy doing and that ultimately is fun. It's a real, real source of, you know, pride and gratitude and you need to be really, really present with that and really enjoy it. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I've had two instances of that in the past couple of weeks. I was in, we were in going into our showcase and I remember saying to my friend, I really can't be asked this week because I know it's going to be a really long week. It's going to be really long hours and it's just going to be a difficult week because it always is. And then I sort of had to pull myself away and I went, you are really just moaning about anything you can, aren't you? Like, because this time next week, you'll be going back into Cope Bridge to do a class or you'll be back in a movement class and you'll be missing the theatre. So stop complaining about what you think it's going to be and just sit and enjoy it because especially at the moment, theatre gigs are few and far between and who knows when things are coming back. And so I was just like trying to tell myself, just enjoy the moment of going in and don't worry about 12 hour days because if, you, if you're worrying about that you're slightly doing the wrong thing Ingram with your life like That's true. Oh, yeah. if you're worried about going and doing long days in the theatre you're kind of in the wrong career yeah totally absolutely Hello, my name is Ingram Noble. And I'm Heather Spiden. And welcome back to another segment of This Is Where We Update You. The first one of 2022. Welcome back to the pod. I know. 
Thank you, New Year, same us. Same us. No, more iconic us. <laughs> now that's true. We've been doing bits, haven't we? Also, I feel like we should probably just say that there wasn't an update in January because we only started rehearsals on like the 28th or something like that. And we just didn't get around to it, to be honest. We were a bit, we're busy people. We're busy we bitches. Time. <laughs> but I know. we're fully going to be rehearsals now. I know. We have blocked our entire play it's blocked it's screaming and um, we've Hello. got a big rehearsal on saturday we're doing an eight hour daddy one i know we we're just talking about it there seeing how much snacks i need to bring that shouldn't all, be the most important the thing snacks. about this rehearsal but i'm like <laughs> but it's it's looking so bloody good it really is like some of those scenes when i see it come into life like and it's funny that's what i I'm just saying. pissed myself the entire time well, right and I know when we were writing it and we were writing things down, we we're like, obviously we think that's funny, but we're a bunch of idiots. So I don't know if it actually is, but seeing it acted out the way it, like the way it is, it's hilarious. Like I, so funny. I find it highly amusing. <laughs> <laughs> so like we have been, we've had, have we done three rehearsals now or four? Three. And I this think. is our three. fourth one coming up. So yeah, it's been it's yeah. been absolutely mad. And yeah, no, I am I'm dead proud of us. And you especially. I'm like, I know you you've taken What's that saying? You've taken to this like a duck to water. Is that what I'm enjoying say? it. I'm very no. much. I, I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. But also, I think we should be fully transparent on the podcast and we should totally just talk about everything that's even gone wrong in this past month. Mm-hmm. So our first ever rehearsal, we only had two members of cast and then our rehearsal last week, we were missing our leading lady due to illness. And it's like, well, these are just things you have to overcome. But yeah, we're doing OK. Um, so also what I was going to talk about was the fact that sometimes we've failed in our journey to put this show on. And as you all know, we had two dates booked. We had one at Webster's and we had one at East Kilbride Arts Centre. And we only have one now. We've only got the Webster's date on the 21st of April. We don't have the East Kilbride Arts Centre and it's it's gutting, but it also it's just it's the really sad bit about this business where money overrules creativity and freedom yeah. of like trying to do it yeah we had to be realistic it's like do you struggle with the two shows and try and put it on or do you sort of take a step back like right our first one Webster's make that as good as it can be you know what I mean like get through that bring it up to scratch and then as you say we are going to take this somewhere else mm. there's no point stressing and you know what I mean having two half hour shows when get rid of the one that's causing a bit of stress yeah and just make this first one <laughs> the best it can be and then take it from there because Webster's isn't the end for this yeah this is just just the beginning (laughs) yeah no it's more I just wanted to be because obviously people are following along with our journey on how we're putting this on and in all honesty that the whole truth was that we had paid the deposit for webs uh, for East Kilbride Arts Centre and we just hadn't sold enough tickets and it was coming up to the time where it was we had to pay the rest of the theatre fee and it just really the cons massively outweighed the pros and like you said it, it's more about now focusing because we're what we're going into March next week it's now about focusing onto all of our efforts onto this one show and making it because we're the first time making it the the best that we possibly can do yeah and this one show that we are doing is coming round the corner so fast. Like just when you said there, we're in March next week. I was like, oh my god! And then we'll be in April. And then we'll be in April, and then it'll be show. Then it'll be the show, and then it'll the, phase one is what I'm going to call it. Phase one of this journey will be over. Yeah, 
and it, it's absolutely mad how because we've obviously this has been now over two years since we started writing it and it's it's just mad that we're finally sort of here it, it doesn't even feel real that what's today's date the 21st this time last year we were producing the rehearsed reading i know oh my god today's the 21st which means it's exactly two months yeah it's two months so obviously two months days obviously at the time of recording it's the 21st so we've got two months to yeah. do this show and i'm so excited and we're doing great stuff and i'm even excited for the the sort of for lack of a better word extracurricular activities do you want to talk a bit about what we're doing and who we've teamed up with yeah, so we have teamed up with Battle Against Dementia, uh, BAD, and they are badass, bad. but it's a, um, yeah, BAD, <laughs> a Scottish-based charity that helps, you know, helps out people who are struggling, you know, have got dementia, the families that are struggling to deal with it. They do a lot of great work with them, uh, supporting people, you know, putting on activities, just sort of, yeah, no, they do, they do yeah. amazing things. So we've teamed up with them, and some of our money made from the program sales on the night so buy your programs make sure to um, buy a fucking we'll program to that charity so that i know buy a program help help them out they're, they're a great charity yeah. yeah they deserve it so it's good i'm glad that we're obviously our, our play there's in the play there is somebody struggling with dementia so i think it's only right you Spoiler know team up and do some good with this <laughs> i'm sure we've we don't talk to brothers. Probably, it's everywhere, all over social media. Yeah. No, I, I'm so I'm I'm really happy and honored to be able to sort uh, to support such like a, a uh, to support a cause that's so close to my heart. And everybody over there seems nice that I've spoken to, and I can't wait. I've sort of I hope you don't mind. I've volunteered us to go over and actually get involved and do some other stuff, and hopefully this can be like a long lasting partnership. So you can get tickets as per usual from www.highproductions.co.uk. Same place, same time. Uh, tickets are ten bloody pounds. A bargain. A proper bargain. Heather, I'm really sorry, but I'm ready to go back and talk to Cameron Fulton. That's okay. I'll let you go. I've left him sitting there long enough, just staring at me. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure you had a cup of tea and a Kit Kat, but you'll be ready now. So, Hev, I will see you again. Well, the po- you'll be back on the podcast next month. I'll see you on Saturday. Thank you for coming by and updating us. No, thank you for having me back. And go enjoy the rest of your chit-chat. And buy tickets for the show. Please buy tickets for the show. Ask you a fun question now, um, and it's always I'd love to hear people's answers. If you were booked in to do a one-month run in the West End, and you were doing a two-person show, and the producer come and said to you, "Hey, listen, we've got enough money that we can just hire anyone you want to be your co-star. So you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive. Who do you want to be your co-star in your two-person show?" Again, I'm on my weekly tirade of um, saying that mine is Catherine Tate. So, Catherine, if you're listening, please either come on the podcast. Oh, let me do a two-person <laughs> show with you. That would be great. Oh, um, she would make me look like a pile of steaming shit. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, probably James McAvoy. Um, yeah. Probably James McAvoy. Um, I think that would be, yeah, great. Someone that I'll obviously have huge respect and, ad- respect and admiration for. You know, uh, someone that I think, you know, is still down to earth despite his, like... <sighs> stratospheric success yeah i think that'd be the one i think that'd be the one that's a good, good question 
it is a good i like to hear certain what people say because i remember i'd never thought about it this way somebody just turned around and went who's really fit that i can stare at for a month and then i remember i said it depended whether i was skin or not because if you were skin you would do it with somebody that's a bit of a diva so you could write a book about it at the end of it and sell all your stories well see now you're, you're coming to it from a different yeah, angle <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure James McAvoy's not a dealer. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> and then another question that I like to ask because I like to see if people change the wording of it. Have you ever stole anything from set? Oh, I don't think so. You know, mm, I'm going to go with no. I don't think so. As he stares so. at the collection of stolen things on the side that he can't get himself into trouble. His <laughs> <laughs> basic hat over here. <laughs> so the less you know, the less the police. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so, mate. I think I've been. Yeah, I don't think so. I've gotten. I've, I don't think you can call it like stolen like little bits of costume and maybe if you're given like a tiny wee prop, but nothing of any sort of. I stole a sheep from the um, set of Limbo. I didn't. That would be ridiculous. Um, no, no, Click I don't think headline. I have. <laughs> that's, that's the title of the episode. I stole a sheep. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk to you a bit like uh, about River City now. Um, so you've been on River City since 2020, I believe. Again, research may, has let me down in the past. Yeah, my phone reminded me the other day um, of it being my two-year anniversary of me taking my wee um, picture of my costume reel with the character's name on it. So yeah, just over two years now. What was the audition process like for that? <laughs> um, strange. Very strange. Um, in this particular instance, I auditioned for so I've auditioned for River City a couple of times over the over the um, over the years, um, in your very you know conventional way of going down to Pacific Key and getting like down to the studio if you're getting through a couple of rounds and things like that. However, for this one, I auditioned in a hotel room in Vietnam in Hanoi. Um, I was traveling at. And throughout January of 2020, believe it or not, just when just before things were kicking off, and I went to Thailand, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Um, I love before, Cambodia. Oh, mate, oh, I'm dying to go back, man. Dying to go back. Um, Sam, I went on a school trip, so I want to kind of experience oh, wow. it without, Jeez. yeah, without teachers, like. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. No, we went with teachers. I want to experience it without teachers, oh, is sorry. what I mean. Yeah, I school. I went to school in, like, the arse end of fucking nowhere in, um, like, five miles away from Sunderland. So, yeah, no, yeah. They, they weren't trusting to how many went of us, like, 18 Mackums to fly across. They weren't trusting me. It doesn't matter about everyone else. I was not That's trusted. God, my school, my school was sweating over taking you outward bound, man. Music <laughs> flying over the Cambodia. That's oh, cool. We were heavily like, everyone that went was like, are these people okay to like go? Like people yeah. were, people were, I remember it. People got knocked back from a school trip, which is like thinking about it quite well, funny. So why go and end up in jail in Cambodia? Do you know what I mean? The teachers are quite right to have a stringent application process. So I, I told my agent I was going out there, like in January, I'm going to be disappearing. And they were like, oh, cool. Um, we've been given a wee, um, just take your camera with you just in case um, something comes up because something might come up. So, okay, no problem. So I went out and I was in Bangkok the night before the moon, the full moon party and got, obviously and an addition through just oh we would like you to audition for a city i was like oh brilliant um please let them know that you know i'm at 
I'm in Asia, so the times might be a bit off, and but I'll get on their tape. It's not a problem. And I'm going to be steaming at the full moon party tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it won't be tomorrow, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they gave me they gave me a couple of weeks, bless them, and because they knew that I was away, so that was very very kind of them. And then it just so happened that when I travelled over to Hanoi in Vietnam, the two of my friends, unbeknownst to us, we didn't know this, were going to be in Hanoi at the same time. Brilliant, serendipity, love it. And these two friends, one of my good mates, Ryan Dewar, is a director, editor, like filmmaker, and, and brilliant at all of them, a tremendously talented guy. And his partner, Rachel Flynn, who's a fantastic performer and writer. And actually now is on the, the story team at River City. He's only just joined us, which is great. Um, so I was like, hey guys, how are you? Um, any chance I can jump up to your hotel room and we'll bash out this tape and then I'll take you out for your dinner as a thank you. So we did that. They were very kind and giving me an afternoon um, to go up there. And so we did, we, we bashed out the addition tape in Hanoi um, with wee Vespas beeping outside and stuff. And the, the weirdest thing is Hanoi was actually mentioned in the sites for the addition which was just crazy. It fit that. Oh, it's mad, man. It's so crazy. Um, because uh, I didn't actually, I, I didn't actually audition for Tyler. I was auditioning for a different character at that time, and then sent that off. That was all fine. A week or two, whatever it was, passed, and I was by this point in Cambodia. And then I was sitting at the bar, sitting at a bar in Cambodia, and my agent didn't call me because the charges would be astronomical. <laughs> yeah. Sent me an email and said. <laughs> and said um, that character that you auditioned for isn't going to work out but they think you're actually going to be better suited to this other one what do you think um, so I just to and fro with them a bit, a bit just trying to find out more about the character and what the plan was and etc etc and ultimately accepted the part whilst I was in a nightclub in Cambodia on the dance floor sent an email from the dance floor saying yeah let's do it I'm looking forward to getting tour in so that sounds like the best start to a job I've ever had I'll never forget it, man. Um, it was a, a great feeling because it, it was a, a great sense of like calm because I knew that I was already coming home. The reason I was going to be in January is because I was already coming home to finish a second leg of a tour of a show called Dick's Skin Elastic Heart. So I knew I was coming back to work, but then obviously coming back to to, to begin on River City was a real buzz as well. So um, it was a wonderful start to the year and then and then March happened. <laughs> yeah. March 2020. <laughs> so before yeah, yeah. before all that time when we were still allowed to spit in each other's mouths and everything um <laughs> what was river city is obviously an iconic scottish soap well it's iconic soap in britain what was it like walking on to um oh what's the name of the bloody street Montego street i knew it began with an m i was watching scenes last night what was it like walking on that set for the first time amazing um yeah it was amazing um I was very fortunate whereby I knew a few of the cast already. Um, I'm really pally and was really pally before joining the show with Gail Telfer Stevens, who plays Caitlin, really pally with Stephen Purton, who plays Bob, and really pally with Holly Jack, who plays um, Nicole. So I, I, I knew um, people. I'd worked with San, Sanjeev, who plays AJ on Limbo just before it as well. And so when we were able to like sit at the canteen and all be together, because um, I got like about six weeks before everything kicked off with the lockdown and stuff. Um, it was lovely to obviously have Stephen was there on my first day and introduced me to everyone. And it's it's nice. It's such, honestly, man, like it sounds like such a cliche like answer, but everyone 
who works there is an absolute diamond. It's such a lovely place to work. Um, everyone's really nice, so you, you settle in really, really quickly. And at the beginning as well, with my character, I was fortunate whereby I'd like my toe in a few different storylines. So I sort of got to work with loads of the street right at the beginning, which really helps obviously um, settle you down. Just doing storylines yeah. with like Lindsay Campbell, who played Poppy. I was doing storylines with Frank, who plays Lenny, and obviously all of the mud ducks. And then I was doing storylines with Ian Robertson, who plays Stevie. And so I was getting like passed around the street, which was really nice in terms of like getting to know people and getting to, um, you know, build up relationships with a few scenes with um, the lovely Sally Howitt, who plays Scarlett, and Jenny Hulse, who plays um, who plays Amber. And so it's it's great. It was lovely. It was a good initiation into it, just being able to, you know, work with so many people as opposed to just not really knowing. Because the way that they, it ended up working is you get put in bubbles with everyone. Yeah. The, like, those people that I, I haven't seen in, like, well, nearly two years now. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's a bit crazy. Um, yeah. And it's a lovely place to work. Mm. I, I do have one more question regarding River City, but I think that it's going to be very similar to a question that I ask at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to Probably. I'm going to save it. But because we're coming to the end of the podcast now, um, like I said, I always I, my life thrives on funny theater anecdotes, and we play a game on the podcast, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. It's three stories that have been, two of them have been sent in by our listeners and are the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope so I can play along. And yeah, some of these are my favourite things in the world. Looking forward to this, let's do Number one, my drama teacher in secondary school refused to do Grease as a musical because it went against her feminist values, but did no white version of Hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. At my end of Yes Showcase, I was singing... This is not me, I promise. At my end of Yes Showcase, I was singing a solo and all of a sudden I got the urge to jump up onto the piano and perform while standing on the piano. Well, I fell off the piano and broke my ankle and had to pull out of the one-paid job I had booked that summer. Number three. My my secondary school drama teacher always joked about hitting us with her car if we weren't off, off book for the school play. The kicker... She was fired for drunk driving to work and drinking on site the year after I left. Oh. I kind of love them all, not going to lie. I hope that they yeah. didn't break their ankle, so I'm going to hope that one's yeah. the lie. So you think the piano's the stage shape? I mean, they're all believable. I'm just saying I hope they didn't break their ankle. If I was being completely honest, I would probably hope that she didn't do an all right, like... An, I can't speak an yeah. all white version of hairspray. I kind of hope that's yeah. the lie, but I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I think I think that's going. To, I'll go stage. I'll go. I'll go stage shape for um, grease and hairspray. Well, I, I'm going to just hope that they both of them are a lie and Heather's fucked with us. Um, but I'm before I open it all the way. I'm going to go for number one as well. Great yeah, game. I, I really some of them, some of them are fucking great. It was number two, so it was the. Anchor. <sighs> Thank God that that person didn't break their ankle. But imagine, can you imagine the double standards? I mean, I'm not one, that car one, that car one's true. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've known some teachers like that. So, <laughs> um, so what's coming up next? I know you're still back at River City and everything. What is? Have you got anything in the plan? Any theatre stuff that people can come and see live? I do. Yeah, I'm going to be going. I've um, I'll be doing a play Pie Pint um during the month of May um 
so the, it'll be the third week of May in um, a play called The Infernal Serpent by uh, Dave Giroux, um, directed by Beth Morton. It down, but I've yeah, got a so funny feeling the third week of May is my production week. Oh, bless you, mate. So it'll be good to go and do Play Pie Pint. It's always a fun gig down there. Um, got an Amazon show coming out in the fall called The Rig, um, which we filmed last summer, which we're all very excited about. Did some ADR on that recently, and it's looking great. Um, and I believe that, I don't believe I know that um, Limbo is now available on DVD and still available to stream on Mubi, I believe. Amazing. Yeah, uh, you've done a lot with Play Pine and Pine. I kept noticing that as I was doing my research that kept popping up every once in a while. And I was like... Yeah, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Play Pine and Pine. I think it's, it's a brilliant job. And again, so many lovely people down there. I, I just avoid it because I'm ashamed that I've never been to one of the shows. <laughs> Go down, mate, get yourself a pine, a pine, or a vegan quiche if you're that way inclined, lovely. Where can all of the listeners find you on social media? Where can everyone keep up to date with what you are doing? Oh, so, uh, good question. So, uh, uh, my Twitter handle is C, all, all capitals, C, number four, then four M's, and then Y. Um, my Instagram is just Cammy Filton. And uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. Don't have anything else. <laughs> um, we've come to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming that was on the No, pleasure's all mine. Really enjoyed that. That hour went fucking quick. I was strict because I know you've got another appointment. So I'm like looking at the clock in the top of my corner and I'm like, right, just got to get through this. Um, but thank you so much for giving me your time and coming on. No, thank uh, you. Thank you for asking me. Pleasure was all mine, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Loving your work. Thank you. Genuinely. So I'm just saying back to you, it's it's been really lovely, especially, like I said, coming back after lockdown and sort of just seeing people succeed. And I remember there was there was quite a, a phase last summer of, um towards the end of last summer, of people getting really jealous and shit-talking everyone. And I remember I sort of was like, you're just dead weird if you don't get mad fucking like happy when you see your pals succeeding that so it's it's really lovely to see people succeed and i'm sort of no break legs all the best with them yes. thank you very much perfect <laughs> have a lovely rest of your day cheers buddy enjoy the rest of your day take care all the best bye-bye And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 68 completed. Thank you so much to Cameron for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. And remember to click that subscribe button so you get a notification every time a new episode of Drama School Dropout drops every Tuesday and remember you can get tickets to this is where we get off on the 21st of April by clicking the link down in the show notes below and also thank you big thank you to one of my best friends Heather Spiden for coming on for another version of this is where we update you I'm having so much fun doing this and remember if you have a story for stage right or stage shite please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com I will be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, so make sure you are back here next Tuesday, same time, same place, for a new episode of Drama School Dropout. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Thought your whole course Now try something new Drama School Dropout